musician. I was just uh, reading the scripture for today. It's in Mark 4, verses 1 to uh, 9. Again, Jesus began to teach by the lake. The crowd that gathered around him was so large that he got into the boat and sat in it out in the lake. While all the people were along the shore and, the, and at the water's edge, he taught them many things by parables. And in his teaching he said, Listen, a farmer went out to sow his seed. And as he was scattering the seeds, some fell along the path. And the birds came and ate it up. Some fell along the rocky places where it did not have much soil. It sprang up quickly because the soil was shallow. But when the sun came up, the plants were scorched and they withered because they had no root. Other seed fell among the thorns which grew up and choked the plants so that they did not bear grain. Still other seed fell on good soil and it came up, grew and produced a crop some multiplying 30, some 60, some 100 times. We're going to um, continue in our vision series. And I was thinking uh, earlier in the week, well, not that early. <laughs> But later in the week, should we write a different message? My God, should, we, should this be a different message for this Sunday? Um, and I don't know where that would have fitted. It's been a busy week. But I felt like God said, no, preach this. So we're going to preach this message. Uh, and I feel like it fits really well. God's got this, which is great. So I want to show you, introduce you to someone in the life of our church. This guy's called Wes. This is Wes. We love Wes. Wes is a young guy, one of our young adults. You, you can clap Wes if you want. He's a good guy. He's not here, but he may be watching online. I don't know. <laughs> and, and Wes is a young married guy in the life of our church. He, he's often sitting behind the coffee cart uh, making coffees. He's not here this morning because he's working. He, um, he works incredibly hard within the coffee industry within Ballarat. And he's so dedicated to the church that he knocks off work and then comes straight here to prepare coffees for our night service and we'll be here at the night, the 6pm. He's a, a young guy and he's got a, got a wife, he's, he's working hard and he's, he's deeply committed to following God. He's the guy that's responsible for overseeing and maintaining the, the coffee cart within the life of the church, the, the building of it, the operations of it, the, the, the teams that run it, he's got training events coming up and he's heavily involved in that, this space within our church. He's, he's also heavily committed to seeing people grow in Christ too. He gave up a weekend just a few weekends ago to, um, to spend time with the youth at the youth camp. And often you'll see him playing guitar or involved, using his gifts for, for God. So we like Wes. This is Wes. We want people to be like Wes. I think he's a good guy. Be like Wes. It's good. But this is also Wes. Um, Wes has got some stuff to work on. You know, while he was on this youth camp, he decided it would be a really good idea in the hustle and bustle, in the craziness of youth camp, to stand up really quickly while under a tree 
not realizing that the space between the, the tree and the ground was less than his height, and he impaled his head on a stick and then tried to cover that up from what was happening from the kids and protect them from that crazy scene. Yeah? So, so Wes has some areas of his life, maybe like spatial awareness, um, that, that he can work on a little bit. But we love Wes. And if we were to help Wes to, to work on things like spatial awareness or, or some of the areas of his life, as well as different areas that are in our lives, where do we learn those things? Where do we get our direction from when we're trying to work out who do we want to be, how do we want to live, how do we, how do we get our bearings and where do we get them be- those bearings from? Today we continue our vision series saying that, that we equip people to live, lead and love just as Jesus did. And we're going to see what scripture has to say about that this morning. Heavenly Father, we ask that as we open up Scripture and we we read a really well-known parable, one of the well-known stories that Jesus told, we ask that we would be able to receive this information for us as individuals, that you would look into us and help us to find those areas of our, our own lives that we need to adjust to be more like you. Lord, convict us lovingly and prompt us into action through your Spirit, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Psalm 139 says this, Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Can you picture, you know, sometimes in life you you try and justify something that you're doing. You know, sometimes you just think, you start talking yourself around. Maybe you know that it's wrong. Maybe it started off, you knew it was wrong, but you've been talking yourself into that for so long that no longer does it seem wrong. Buying Tim Tams at the supermarket, for example. It's okay. Maybe I don't need these, but it becomes a regular part of the grocery shop. And you get really good at justifying why you need, t- t- need Tim Tams to your wife every time you turn up. You know, sometimes, and I'm trying to use a light example because the true examples are much deeper and much more revealing. And and those little, maybe white lies, those justifications for for something that's sitting under the surface, I want you to picture this, this idea in the Psalms where they write, imagine what that would be like. You know my heart, you know my innermost thoughts. Is there anything that is offensive, anything that is obnoxious, anything that you see through that, that thing that I'm talking to myself self about, that thing that I've talked myself around. If you look at me, you see my opinion, is that a godly opinion or is that a self-righteous opinion? Is it pride? Is it something that's ungodly? Is it something because I'm trying to protect something because I'm so comfortable? What is that thing within me? Is it that I want to treat somebody in an abusive manner? And I've justified that. When God searches our innermost thoughts, will he find anything offensive? The idea of this is the condition of your heart. What is the condition of your heart? And are you willing, as individuals, and are we willing as a church, to be obedient to Scripture, to to pray the heart of prayers and to do the inner work? Our parable, we're going to miss the next slide just for time reasons, but the parable this morning is a well-known parable, and Jesus quite often shared stories to those that were outside the the faith community 
but would explain them to those inside the faith community. You ever notice that? He would share parables and stories to those that, that didn't understand the truth of God's love, but to those that did understand truth, he just called it straight. Those outside the, the church, he would say, you know, who's, who's judging you? Well, if other people aren't judging you, I won't judge you either. But to those inside the church, like, oh, you little faith people, what are you doing? Come on. He calls it straight. And parables are like that. that they want, he's trying to help people outside the church to wrestle, to, to come to a revelation of who God is by sharing stories that help them to connect. Once we're in faith, he calls it a bit straighter. And this is one of those stories and one of those times in Mark where we see both the parable and the explanation. The parable, he says, that there's this, this farmer that scatters seed and he says, the seed is the word of God and we know that it's good. We know that the seed is solid. We know that the seed is good seed. So we can eliminate that from the story saying, well, what if the seed doesn't work? That's not the story. The seed is good. We know the seed good. The seed can actually produce the harvest. It's good. But some of the seed that is scattered lands on different hearts and different heart conditions. And the first seed lands on the road. The road would have been trampled by by animals and by people so much that the road gets really, really hard. And it gets so hard that, that the, the seed is unable to, to penetrate the, the outer surface of the hard road and germinate and produce the crop. And so the seed just sits there on the surface, not going very deep. The word of God, Jesus' lessons sit on the surface and they don't penetrate where they need to penetrate. And in doing so, Satan comes up and snatches it away, snatches God's truth, just, just takes it away, and he uses the, the analogy of a bird coming and eating the seed and just taking it away. The second kind of soil is soil that is full of rocks, and I wonder if, if God was to, to stand next to you and look at your heart of hearts, would he see a soil that could work, or would he see some barriers, some areas of your life that you hadn't fully given to him? Where there can be some things that are still so obnoxious that the seed, that the word of God can't penetrate where it needs to get to. And what that means is if you're living a double life, if you've got things that, that you're not surrendering to God, the seed can only go so deep. And the shallow soil, where, where the seed seems good and looks good and it starts to become a part of who we are, it starts to germinate within us, starts to, to be shown in the way that we act, but... As soon as the troubles of this world start to beat up against us, the sun comes out, beats down against the plant, and the foundation, the roots can't go deeper because of the double standard, the other things that are in our life. And the things of this world just start to kill what we know is good. The third story says he throws out the seed and it lands on good soil, but in that good soil are weeds and thorns. And it says this, and the, the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, the desires of other things come in and choke the word and make it unfruitful. The deceitfulness of wealth and the desires for other things come in and choke and become a barrier. 
and you can't continue to produce the harvest. You can't grow through that if you've got these things that are choking in on us. And finally, others, verse 20, are like the seed that's sown in good soil. Hear the word and accept it and produce a crop. Some 30, some 60, and some 100 times what is shown. And we know that what is sown, sorry. And we know that in this passage that the, the whole idea of the good news, the, the good news is, is so that we can bear fruit. And we know that the whole idea of being a follower of Christ is that it's actually not about us, it's about others. We see that example in Jesus. When we live and when, when we love and the, and the way that we show that is when we plant the word, when the word is planted in us, we share it with others and the crop starts to produce as others come into faith and get to know who God is. This morning when we, we, we find it really hard to separate the things of this world with this morning's message. And I want to say that there's things that are happening in our world currently that would seek to choke out who we are. That, that may create a spirit of fear within us, that may seem to, to be trying to limit what we're called to do as God's church. But I want to encourage us to take heart because God has overcome the things of this world. That, that if your heart is willing, that is enough. If your heart is willing to submit to God, that is enough. Because the word is good. The word is good. I want to say the God of the Old Testament who did those incredible miraculous things and made manna fall from heaven, who led people through to the promised land, is the same God of the New Testament that through his son created a way for us to have a relationship with him. Through him we see miracles take place. Through him we see the blind see. Through him we see a little boy with some loaves and breads feed thousands and thousands of people. That same God is the same God that we are praying to today. The same God that we are worshipping today. The same God that if we allow our hearts to be good, the same God that will produce a harvest in and through us today. And so how did Jesus live? Well, firstly, we see in Matthew. Towards, Matthew, towards the end of Matthew, before Jesus goes to the cross, he's, he's doing this wrestle between his human flesh and his own desires and his obedience to live the way God had called him and created him to live. He's going, God, God, Father, I know that, that I'm a, there's a cross coming. I know that there's pain. I know that there's suffering. Everything within my flesh doesn't want to go through this ordeal. But not my will, but yours be done. If there's any way that this cup, this burden, this responsibility can be taken from me, please take it. Hear the desire of my heart, but I give that to you. Not my will, but yours be done. And he does it obediently, living for others, living sacrificially for his loving people. Jesus lived a life for others. How did he lead? In the very first part of, of the Gospels, we see that Jesus was baptized and immediately started what his purpose was in life. And he wouldn't call people to do something he wasn't willing to do. So the very first thing he did was he went into the church and started preaching the good news. He started to sow his seed. 
he started preaching the good news. The very second thing he did was he got his team together. He got his disciples and he called the, the fishermen along the edge of the water and said, I'll make you fishers of people, fishers of men. It was about leadership, it was about team, it was about doing things in community, about doing things together. And we see that, that this echoes all the way through Scripture, that we don't do life, life alone. We do it as a family, we do it as a team. We empower people to use their gifts. And one of the things that, that I love about that song, Waymaker, it keeps echoing in my head all the time, is that, that when troubles rise up, it's actually a way that we can use that to further the kingdom. We actually see when the church has stood up time and time again, it's done it because we've had to be a bit smarter, been pushed up against some things and we've had to be a little bit smart and all of a sudden we have people tuning in at home because of a live stream. How do we love? How did Jesus love? We see in John 15, 13, it says that there's no greater love than this, that someone would give their life for their friends. sacrificial the challenge for this morning is simple how is your heart and bigger than this morning I want to challenge us as a church is how is your heart tomorrow how is your heart when you go to the supermarket how's the heart when you're interacting with others how is your heart in the foyer when somebody's not shaking hands and you're just like going oh this is what love looks like this is ridiculous where's your heart sit in the midst of these things. We're just going to do it because that's what we love and that's how we love at the moment. And the conflict, and there's a wrestle, and we get that. But if our heart is good, and you can work on the heart, you can pull out some prunes. Pull out some prunes? You can prune some weeds. Weeds, prunes, gardening, gardening terms. Yeah, it's me, all over. <laughs> I, I once trimmed one of, what's the tree at the front of our house? A magnolia tree. I massacred one with a chainsaw. Um, it survived. Come on, God is good. <laughs> um, yeah, I'm not, I'm not, yeah. We do life together. Don't get me to help with your gardening, okay? There's others that can do that. <laughs> but how is the condition of your heart? How is the condition of your heart? Let's pray. The only Father... We ask that you would search us. Lord, you know our innermost thoughts. You know the desires of our hearts. Lord, we ask that, that this week as we leave this place, as we go and go back to our regular lives, Lord, we know that there are some disruptions that are taking place in our world. Lord, I pray that as a church, that as you flow out of us, that we would be known by the way that we love, that we would be known by the way that we band together, that we would be known by the way that we are unashamedly press on with the cause of your church. Lord, may we think creatively so that we may continue to worship you in whatever form that looks like. But Lord, we know that you are in spirit, you're not in flesh, you, you're beyond those things. So wherever that looks like, wherever that leads us as the church in the short term, we pray that we would proclaim you, that our hearts would be for you, 
that we would continue to work the ground of our hearts and make sure that your word is going deep within us so that we may produce the harvest that you are calling us to produce. You have not given us a spear, a spear, a fear, a spirit of fear. Lord, you have given us a spirit of power. That power comes through your spirit and your word. You've given us a spirit of love. That love was shown to us through your son. Help us to live, lead, and love as your son did. And give us a a spirit of self-discipline. May we not get caught up with the fear, but may we get caught up in your love. May we not operate out of a, a space where we're full of anxiety, but may you overwhelm that emotion with one that represents the seed that is sown in our hearts. Lord, as we go out this week, may we go with power and confidence. May we show love. But may we proclaim the name of the one who personifies what love is in Jesus Christ. We pray these things in your mighty name. Amen. Let's stand together.